0: Back in 1989, we saw that uh, something happened that very few people were expecting, and that was that there was a wall that was dividing East and West Berlin, Germany, and and it divided the communist world from the free world. And that had been the case since World War II. Very few people expected that everything would collapse and change overnight, but that is virtually what happened and that wall came down. And I've always looked to that as uh, an example in my life of the the fact that God can do amazing things, even without hardly any of our efforts, and bring the walls down. And of course, this is a story that also reminds us of how God can bring down walls. It is the story of the fall of the walls of Jericho, which is a popular story well known in our culture Uh, Even those who have the the the, only a little bit of knowledge of the Bible would know about it, and it's a reminder that God can do amazing and great things. That He He is able to ask, able to do above what we would ask or even think. That He is mighty above our situations, and that He will act and do wonders in ways that we wouldn't even expect. But we also are reminded of this by this (coughs) that God often does these things only after. He has tested and challenged our faith so that we're ready to see these things for what they are. And that's what I want you to consider how it is by faith that the walls of Jericho fell down after they had encircled it seven days, as Hebrews 11 says. In order to understand that, I want you to see three challenges of faith. We're going to look at two of them this week, we're going to look at the next one this week, then we're going to look at what happened afterwards. So if you're just visiting us for a day, you can always go to our website. If you want to, go to www.evergreentn.com. You can listen to the sermons later um, if if this topic interests you and how to develop faith. But we're going to begin this process of looking through this passage, this this, uh, very famous passage in the scriptures, and talk about how God used it to increase their faith. The first challenge of faith is we see in 6 verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. The fact is they entered into the land and they found an armed and well-fortified city. And they couldn't just ignore it. They couldn't go around it because they had already attacked the Israelites, as you can read in Joshua 23 and 24. And they could be continually attacked from the rear. And it had to be dealt with, but yet there were strong and high walls and how are they going to overcome it? And that is really what the first challenge to our faith is. We often have some idea that we want to do something good. We begin a, a new marriage, a new relationship. We go to a new church or we start a new ministry or we take, want to take leadership in our community or we want to start to serve in some new way or we get involved in politics or we start a business. And then all of a sudden we find out it's not like we planned there's all sorts of problems. We have a new child, we're all rejoicing at the birth, and the child just will not cooperate. And we find that we have the obstacles in front of us to lead us to the good things that we want to get to. That's what we see in the case of Jericho. We can find that these problems may be a relationship, a marriage with our children, It may be a dangerous or destructive habit that continues to find its way back up. It could be a financial problem. It could be a sense of something bigger like the meaninglessness of life, feeling we're useless after a job has been taken away from us. It could be trying to serve and finding opposition. And these are all examples of the Jerichos that we might run into. The first challenge is the obstacles or the problems in our our way. And they're not just an obstacle, though. They're also an opportunity. It's an obstacle that, that challenges us to look to God, and it also is an opportunity to exercise faith. There are two ways they could have looked at the walls of Jericho. One is to simply see the walls, to see the problems, which usually leads them to focus on their own efforts, sometimes to be frustrated and anxious about all the problems to have it go round and round in their head, or even to start fighting against one another and blaming one another. Remember what happened in the wilderness. Whenever there was a problem, what did they do? They blamed Moses, and they started getting angry at him rather than looking at the problem and looking in faith to the Lord. But there's another way to look at the walls of Jericho, and that is to not only see the walls, but in faith to see the God who was above the walls. To see the God who is infinitely above the walls and who is fully capable of knocking them down. And that's what we have the opportunity to do. What I'd like you to take away, one thing I'd like you to take away from this this passage is that whatever problem, whatever wall you're up against today, that you would see it not just as a problem, that you would see it not just as an issue or difficulty, but that you would see it as an opportunity to exercise the faith in the God who is above those things and who can take care of you, who can lead you, who can guide you, who will be there for you even in the midst of all these problems. And that's not always easy. It's a challenge, right? Because, for example, when we're in a relationship with someone and we see that that's important to us and that relationship is strained, we don't know how that's going to work out. We don't know what they're going to do. We're, we don't have the control that we'd like to have, it's uncertain. And so, but God offers us a certainty that is above that uncertainty. And that is that he will take care of us and that he is working not only with us, but also with those who are part of our lives. When we have an illness in ourselves or someone close to us and we can't figure it out, which happens a lot, what's the problem? What's going on underneath? What are we to do about it? That can be a real testing of our faith. But what we can do is learn to see above it the God who is a healer, who will give us strength in the midst of it, and who will all, who provide for us and care for us, and that that is a certainty even when our health is uncertain. That's where we have the opportunity to look to God. And indeed, it is often the case that these are the things that cause people to look to God. Um, uh, the, the pastor and teacher, Tom Rayner. Has, done, has written a lot of great books, so definitely recommend his his writings. And uh, one of his books that I liked, enjoyed the most, was called Surprising Insights from the Unchurched. And what he did is, he did a, a big study to see, why is it that people who are totally unchurched, they weren't part of any church at all, became active church members for many years? And one of the things that he found was one of the most common reasons, was that people ran into a crisis and they didn't know what to do. And at that point, someone invited them to come to church. And there in the midst of their uncertainty, they found a certainty through faith in God. That's the opportunity when we meet the obstacles in front of us. It's a different way of looking at it. It's a different approach. And it's one that God calls us to to do, to instead finding victory over every problem in our lives, to find the internal victory of having confidence in God's final victory. That is the triumph of faith. And that's why God leads us to these obstacles. So that's the first challenge of faith, is that when we want to go forward, we want to do good, we find obstacles, problems, difficulties in trying to do that. The second challenge of faith is a little bit different. And let me give you an analogy from, from daily life just to explain what this is. Uh, many people will come to a point where they want to make a resolution to do something good. Maybe they want to build friendships. Maybe they want to find a spouse. Maybe they want to get in shape. Maybe they want to find a better job. But you know what's going to happen in each one of those cases? You're going to find that it's, a, it's harder than you thought to actually bring those things about. This is going to be a challenge. You're going to have to do things. You're going to have to get outside yourself. You're going to have to move outside your home to actually meet friends. You're going to have to go to the gym on a regular basis. You're going to have to develop some new skills or work hard to find a job. These are things that are challenges. And what happens is, in the midst of these things, a lot of people just say, no, thank you. Maybe not deliberately, But then it's just like gradually let it slide. And then they stay in the same place. That's kind of what the second challenge to faith is. But it's not one that just comes from the thing. It comes from God himself. It comes from the fact that God tells us to do things that seem challenging or difficult. Now, remember the context here is that Joshua had met the commander of the Lord's army. He saw a man standing there with a sword, and he said, whose side are you on? And he said, no one's, I'm the commander. And I believe this was an appearance of Jesus Christ before he became in human flesh. And what was Joshua's response when he saw the commander of the Lord? What's your message? Or I think probably better, what are your orders? What are your orders? When we see the problem then we need to go to the Lord and we should put our hearts in a condition to say, what are your orders? But the problem comes when God gives those orders. Look at verses 3 and 4. Look at what the commander of the Lord's army told him to do. He says, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Now, on the surface of it, it could seem like, well, that's pretty easy, just walk around the city. But if you actually know what human nature is like, then you can see that this might be a bigger challenge. So you can see all these military men who've already fought, they come and say to Joshua, all right, what are we going to do first? And he says, what we're going to do is we're going to take one whole week and we're just going to walk around the city. What, is he going to say? what are they going to say to that? Uh, that is the stupidest idea we've ever heard. How about we do something like fighting, which is what we've come here to do. They've already attacked us. Let's go fight them. What's your strategy for that, Joshua? And if you don't think that this would be an issue, just read everything that came before this point in the Bible. The simplest commands, starting with, you can eat from every tree that is on the entire planet except this one. Well, let's eat from that one. Right? Simple. But it became a challenge for them. And the, the Israelites said, collect the manna for six days. And then the seventh day, sixth day get double and the seventh day you'll have enough. And what they do? They went out on the seventh day to get it. It wasn't there. They couldn't do these simple things. And it's like, you start to do these things and, hey, you know, what's your military strategy? You just walking around the city, you kind of look stupid. It can look like you're, you're dumb. What kind of strategy is that? You don't think those things affect us? If we think people look like we're doing dumb things, well, they certainly do. And let me give you some examples. Think about the relationships you had. Sometimes relationships can be a force that can keep us away from doing the good things we should do or lead us in directions that are wrong. Everybody says, you know, hey, we're going gonna, we're gonna to we worship the Lord together. Nah, you know, we don't want to do that. And immediately the pressure of the family just leads you away from that. Or it can be into things, other things that would be harmful. Or patterns of communication that would be harmful. Learning to actually do something contrary to the group, when the group wants you to do something, is hard. As soon as the group went up, in the case of Israel... And said we want we can't go in. Everybody cried out. And when Joshua and Caleb, earlier had said we don't want we think we should go in, they wanted to kill them. That is the kind of forces we take. When you want to follow the Lord, you're going to have to do things that confront certain relationships, and challenge them in certain ways. That can be very difficult. Sometimes we just have to forgive what people have done against us, and. We can, it, when God says to us, forgive, we say, you mean let go of these things that they've done against me? And how can we, how can we let go of that when they've hurt us so badly? Or maybe God calls you to, to lead. You know, a lot of times when we see that there's a situation that needs to be changed, God may be calling us, may be calling you to say, I'm going to have to lead. And you say, well, I don't think I can do that. I don't want to do that. It's the challenge from God Himself. And how many times on a daily basis is God telling us to do things that seemingly won't work? Take up a book and read it. Take the Sunday morning and sit with a bunch of people and sing and listen to someone talk about a book. Stop doing what you're doing and simply pray. Walk around the city. These are the hard things that a lot of times we can't even do. These are the scandals that can cause us to challenge our our faith. Or what about giving? When God says, you need to give a portion back to me of what I've given to you, honor me with the first fruits. That's not always easy. When God says, hey, there's a need and I want you to give to it, it's hard for us to give up the things we have because we find our security in them. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China, and when he was young, he felt God telling him, go for me to China. To prepare, he went to an impoverished region in England. And late one night, he was, he was on his knees praying for a sick woman with starving children. And he tried to pray, actually, but he choked on his words because he realized that he had something in his pocket. It was his last silver coin that was the very answer to the prayer that he was praying for this woman's need. And so he thought, hypocrite, how could he ask this woman to trust God's provision when he himself did not trust God's provision? That's the, that's the challenge to our faith. It is what God calls us to do. The first challenge is the problem. The second challenge is when God asks us to do something that doesn't seem like it'll work or seems like it will go contrary even to what we might expect. Well, the amazing thing here is that Joshua actually didn't even hesitate. Look at verses 6 through 7. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. He immediately acted in faith. Which is why Hebrews 11 says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell after they had encircled the city for seven days. Joshua was able to take, move, put against the obstacles and the challenges to obeying the Lord a vision of faith. And that's what faith can do. It gives us resources to keep going in the face of the problems and to keep doing what the Lord asks us to do, even when we don't see how it's all going to work out. So what kind of things might Joshua have thought about when he said, I will go ahead and do what the Lord has asked me to do? Well, one of the things was probably starting with the negative is that he remembered what had happened when others had not done what the Lord had asked them to do. He had already seen a bunch of negative examples when people wouldn't act in faith in Joshua twenty three fifteen, he describes it. He says, But just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you. He had seen that happen. He saw the people refuse to go into the land earlier, and he saw them all die in the wilderness. He realized that if they didn't move forward, there was a consequence to that, that you can't oppose the Lord. But he also set over against that the promises of God. Look at what the Lord had said to him in verse 2. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. It's so certain that it's like it's already happened because God has declared it. So he had the promise that God would do something here and take out the, the city of Jericho. But then he also knew that God was with them. He saw not only himself, but he also saw the God who was behind him. And he had realized that long ago. When the people said in, in the book of Numbers that they shouldn't go into the land, and he and Caleb stood against the other ten spies who all said, we can't do it, he knew that the Lord was with him. Listen to, his, to the words they said in Numbers 14, 7 through 9. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and it will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. He knew that the God who was with them was powerful, more powerful than any city, any king, any army that might come against him. And that led him to say, we can go forward and do what he's asking us to do. But then thirdly, he had actually seen it happen. I guess the fourth. He had actually seen it happen. In Joshua 23, verse 2, he talks about the past, and he talks about events that happened even before the walls of Jericho. He said, you yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. He had stood at the Red Sea and saw it parted and saw them walk through and saw it come back and devour the, and destroy the armies of, of Egypt. He had seen armies attack them on the way, and the Lord, through miraculous provision, enabled them to beat them back. He had seen them defeat the kings of the Amorites who had come against them to oppose them. He had seen all this happen. And that's one of the things we need to remember when we're challenged to our faith is not only the promises of the Lord, to see his presence with us, but also to remember the ways he's already acted in the past that will help us and give us strength and encouragement as we seek to go forward in the present. That is what faith can do. Faith takes the content of what God has shown us and sets it over against the problems and the challenges of doing what the Lord has called us to do. And what about for us in our daily life? How can the considerations of faith change the story? One reason we don't do what we need to do in the face of the important relationships we have is because we fear that they will attack us or abandon us. We fear what will happen. But Jesus has told us that this is part of the the story, that when we follow him, that there will be times that we will be led to abandon family, friends, houses, places, where his call will lead us away from that which is comfortable and good, as it did for so many of his saints throughout history. But what he promised us is this. He says, Jesus said in Mark 10, that those who have left family and friends and, and father and mother and houses will not fail to receive many more times in this life with persecution, and in the end, eternal life. We can see that God won't leave us abandoned, that he will bring people into his life. He could just say, hey, I'm enough. But he doesn't do that generally. He doesn't simply barely make us rely on him alone. He brings people into our lives to encourage us and help us and lead us. And he, even if we have to let go of some of those supports, He will provide them in the future. And what about forgiveness? What is the consideration of faith that enables us to forgive? Well, sometimes we we don't understand what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not saying the wrong doesn't matter. Forgiveness is not saying that even something should be done about it. It's saying that we're not going to do something about it, but we're going to trust the God who has said, it is mine to repay, I will avenge. I will sort it all out. So we don't have to let it go round and round and round and round and round in our heads every day. We can say, I give it to the Lord, and I have confidence in Him that He's going to take care of it. And what about leadership? When God calls us to take up an office in the church or a ministry task or take up a new business or be involved in our community in a new way, what He says is, in every case, you're not going alone. I will be with you. You don't have just your resources. You have the resources of the Lord. And that's what faith teaches us. If we have to give up things that we enjoy, if we have to move to new places and give up common supports, if we have to see people leave us, what does God say? That he will more than repay us back for what we've lost. That there are pleasure to set his right hand forevermore and that he is able to give those things to us. Hudson Taylor found that out in that very instance that I shared with you. One of the reasons he was able to give, because he remembered that the Lord had said, give and it will be given unto you. He was down to his last bowl of porridge, his last meal, after he gave that that silver coin away. The next day, in the mail, arrived a letter or a packet with a gold coin, that was worth 10 times more than the silver coin that he had given away. He never knew who gave it, but the Lord had provided. And he saw once again what the eyes of faith can see as God promised in Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The eyes of faith will help us obey and move forward when God calls us to do things that are difficult. That's what Joshua did when God called him to employ this unusual strategy. He was able to, by faith, move forward, and the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled seven days. So let me just sum up what I've shared with you today. Remember, and I hope that whatever obstacle or challenge or difficulty you're facing in your life right now, that after this message, after this passage you'll look at it a little bit differently. That instead of just seeing as a frustration or something that causes you anxiety or just something that's against you, you will see it as an opportunity. An opportunity to exercise faith. But then secondly, recognize that part of the challenge will come not only from the thing, the obstacle, but from God Himself. That He will call you to do some things That will be hard on you. What is God calling you to do? Maybe some of you are out there right now that you have something. You say, the Lord is telling me to do this, and I've just been waiting, and I've not been doing it. What are the considerations of faith that can motivate you to move forward and say yes to what God is calling you to do like Joshua did? And that's the third thing. That even though that it can be hard to move forward to obey God, it can be hard to move forward in the face of obstacles. Faith gives us so many motivations and encouragements that set against these things, set against the challenges, can encourage us to move forward. And when we do so, we'll find that God will do things that are far beyond, beyond and far above what we could even ask or imagine. We'll find that the walls fall down through the power of God. Amen.